Hello and welcome to the Romantic Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kiner, a sexuality and spirituality coach and healer. And thank you for joining me on this wild ride together through the realms of sex and healing so that you can expand, heal and grow sexually and spiritually. Each episode, I will entertain and educate you through wild stories from my own life, bring you interviews with interesting people who come into my orbit and empower you into your own liberation through sexuality, where together we can change the world one orgasm at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's fantastic interview. I'm sure I'm I'm believing in us in advance. But if I know us, we're going to laugh a lot. You've got and a have lot a very, of subconscious evidence that, that that is very, very true. <laughs> if you take our first meeting, for example, we are a riot. <laughs> Today I have my beautiful friend, Katie Valentine. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be on the other side of your podcast after (laughs) having you on mine and you just rocking the absolute world of all of my (laughs) listeners. It was actually one of the most beautiful, powerful podcasts I had. So thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for joining. So for everyone that doesn't know Katie Valentine, if you follow me on Instagram, you might've seen us playing together in different facets in different ways over our couple of years of friendship. But Katie was once a DJ. We were connected through an old party time friend of mine back in Brisbane. I just got this random Instagram introduction. It was like, you two should know each other. And I was like, this has no context whatsoever. This has no consent. Who who are you introducing me to? And I was like, uh, uh, are you in Bali? Question mark. Like, what the fuck does this even mean? And you were like, I am. <laughs> so gone. Well, not gone, not completely gone are your DJ days, but you transitioned from DJ into sound healer. So tell us a little bit more about who who is Katie Valentine. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. My name is Katie Valentine, (laughs) and it actually really is. Thank you, parents. You did a really good job. Um, Give some context. I'm born on the same day as David Bowie and Elvis Presley, no pressure or anything. (laughs) Um, And for the past 12 years of my life, I have had the pleasure of traveling the world as a DJ uh, for most of my 20s. Um, but I was a very depressed and very bulimic DJ behind the <laughs> scenes. And thankfully, COVID came along and ripped DJing away from me. And I went into this, I was living in Portugal at the time, and I went into this dark vortex of being stuck inside for three months. And I was opened up to the wonderful, beautiful world of sound healing and intention behind sound and sound science and the effect that it has on the body. You know, I spent 12 or 15 years running around clubs, having these emotional reactions to music. Your favorite song comes on and you're crying to your friends on the dance floor. You hear a song on the radio that gives you a really negative reaction, like Ed Sheeran. (laughs) (laughs) And that is because our ears are connected to every organ in our body and when we listen to sound with intention. So I got opened up to this whole new way of being and studying the subconscious mind through hypnotherapy and I went on to start my own business empowering women through everything that I have lived through in my life from bulimia to body dysmorphia 
to deep anxiety to the Australian healthcare system putting me on antidepressants for gluten intolerance. Like I have mm. actually walked myself through so many fucking fires and lived to tell the tale. And mm. now my purpose on this earth is to teach people how to manifest their fuck yes life through subconscious mind, through sound, through EFT tapping, through writing and the art of expressing yourself, storytelling. This world needs inspiring stories and that is what you and I go out there and do. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. It made me think like once a sound healer, always a sound healer because DJing in its own way is using sound to create impact and create an experience for people, which is exactly what you're doing. I had another friend, she worked in pharmaceuticals, which as she started to wake up to consciousness was like, ugh, what have I been doing? She was like the number one salesperson in America for her pharmaceutical company. But she's a medicine woman at the end of the day. She was like, the intention is there, the gifts are there. But before you become conscious yourself, you're expressing them in whatever way you know. And so for you, that was DJing and in the party scene where there's drugs and there's alcohol and there's a lot of lost souls in that world. Mm. We both know that because we were lost souls ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But then it's those very qualities that, you know, you're applying now at a higher level of consciousness that are making a profound healing impact for people as well. No doubt you made a profound healing impact for people on the dance floor and you still do. <laughs> It's so interesting that you say that because intention behind sound. Um, I played in Berlin sober a few months ago and I walked off stage and burst out crying and people were coming up to me like patting on the back mm. going like we were crying too, like the love that was in the air mm. because the intention behind my set was to heal these people and take them on a journey and I understand sound and the nervous system so much more now so I know how to create these more intelligent sets rather than just banging it out at four o'clock in the morning. So I, I knew that all of these people are on drugs and I knew kind of what they needed. And it was, it's a really beautiful experience. <laughs> I remember back when I was young and back when I was partying and staying awake for days at a time, I was working in pharmacy as well. And one of my managers was like, Oh, DJing. It's not really like, I don't understand what all the hoo-ha about DJs is. It's not like you're playing an instrument or anything. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Ouch. You don't know what a good DJ can do. You don't understand the power of a good DJ. Like it is a gift to be able to do that. It is just so, oh, I, you know, when I think back to my time partying and taking a lot of drugs, I was so lost. I was in so much pain and partying was my escape from all that. Mm. But what I realize now at the level of consciousness that I am at is that I was seeking the same feelings that I have now. It's just that the only pathway I knew were through drugs and partying. 100%. But I would say it's very much a, a God frequency there. For me, it was a more synthetic frequency because it involved like chemical drugs. But when I started getting high naturally through these processes, I was like, I would never put chemicals in my body again. Like drugs are the most redundant thing. It's so <laughs> effortless to say no to stuff like that. But I have the thing that I was seeking back then, which is like peace and freedom and joy and happiness. And like, I just kind of saw drugs as a bit of a snakes and ladders, you know, it was something that would take me high, but then I'd come crashing down the other side as well. Whereas if you do the inner work, like you and I are committed to doing now, then we can have those states of high without needing to have a come down and suicide Tuesday. <laughs> the old suicide Tuesday. <laughs> mm. So one of the other things that we share in common 
Would you like to share what that is, Miss Katie Bellinger? Yeah, that we are submissive horse. <laughs> <laughs> Our beloved BDSM. <laughs> One whore knows another whore. We see each other. I see you. <laughs> Which was the course of our um, our first meeting. We met at a cafe, my favorite cafe, and we sat and I think we talked for hours mm. about BDSM. And in the same way that you could take drugs and get high, those kind of conversations made us high. Like mm. we're buzzing, that kind of connection to self, the truthfulness, the authenticity, the, the freedom of expression that comes from owning this very taboo or judged or shut down part of ourselves to mm. be in the presence of others who love you and accept you and celebrate you and see you it's just the most liberating intoxicating thing do you want to share a little bit about what your journey with bdsm has been like yeah so it was really interesting reflecting back on when i came and saw you that day i was quite nervous i'd just moved to bali um i had just begun a celibacy to reclaim my sexuality um as a dj for 12 years you know i have been touched in places i didn't want to be touched i have been a victim to patriarchy. Um, I have had experiences that were maybe okay in the moment. And then upon further reflection Mm -hmm. in my healing journey, I was like, oh, actually, wow, that really wasn't okay. And during COVID, I went through some really devastating (laughs) experiences with men. And I came to Bali and I had no friends and I came and I sat with you and we spoke about sex and you were, I think you said something along the lines of like, why aren't you sharing this? This is so powerful. And I said, oh my God, I could never share about sex online. (laughs) And this is why it's so important to get yourself in the arena with people that, you know, are speaking about the things that you truly value, but also give you the subconscious evidence that you won't be ostracized if you share about this stuff online. Our deepest wound and our deepest fear is that we will be ostracized from a group if we speak, you know, our deepest desires. And yeah, you really opened up that portal for me. And after my seven month celibacy, I came to a point where I was ready for my next partner. And I was at, on the same day, I was at Bali Bloom Festival. I came around the corner and I went smack bang into my Dom Daddy. I set the intention I wanted to explore BDSM in a healing conscious way, in the ways that I had done it previous to that. Um, I didn't know I was submissive for Mm. 30 years. (laughs) Yep. I started dating an older man when I was 26. Um, I flew halfway across the world to Barcelona for Valentine's Day, where I now live. (laughs) And dating this older man made me feel liberated and unlocked this new level of respect and feminine inside of myself. And I remember I squirted for the first time with him and I was like, oh my God, did I wet the bed? I was like, oh my God, what happened? I was freaking out. He's like, you're a woman now, baby. And I was like, oh my God, what just happened? And then I started having these these dominant experiences outside of the bedroom, like just someone telling me where to be at what time and what to wear. I remember my nervous system just exhaling, like, oh, my God, mm. this feels so good. And it was so interesting. And I did explore BDSM in the – like I went <laughs> really, really <laughs> deep into it, but whilst – intoxicated or Mm. not setting boundaries not speaking about it before not having the safe word which my safe word is mississippi enchilada (laughs) (laughs) and i manifested this beautiful partner in in bali um after my celibacy and i was going to healers and putting myself putting my body 
and using it as a vehicle for my mum's pain and my grandmother who commits suicide, her pain, mm. and was using my bodily body as this vessel and just like holding all of their pain and releasing it. And then going home to my partner and being put in this restrained BDSM submissive space and heightening my nervous system and then falling back fainting into his arms and then going into mm-hmm. that that deep aftercare where where the dom takes care of your nervous system and waking up the next day and my gut issues going away and just like mm. feeling more confident and embodied who I am and just feeling empowered and this is what I think that people don't really understand about BDSM they think it's all gag balls and chains and being tied up and being called a whore and it's it's not it can be this really beautiful empowering experience especially around communication yeah the real level up is the healing experience i learned what boundaries are i learned how to ask for them and how to stick to them and then that spiraled out into every other part of my life where i was starting to set boundaries with my clients set boundaries with my parents like what (laughs) (laughs) set a boundary with my parents and my friendships and (laughs) Yeah, being in this subdom space taught me so much about myself and added so much value to my life. Yes, I totally agree. It's kind of like if we were partying and taking drugs and getting lost back then and now we're using sound in this high consciousness way, it's like the same polarization happens in BDSM too. Of course, there's people doing it from a very low self-worth, self-destructive place. Of course, there's shadowy shit going on in there. But at the highest level of consciousness, the same thing becomes radically transformative and radically healing. And I feel exactly the same, like the skills that are transferred from healthy BDSM and healthy DS relationships into the rest of our lives are just incredible. There's a bit of dialogue going around at the moment by someone I refuse to speak of publicly. But let's just say that there is a someone that is talking about women should be submissive and what that submission looks like. And to me, it is the most toxic shit. I I cannot listen to it. Like, honestly, even the sound of it, the frequency of the sound of it makes me fucking nauseous. Mm-hmm. But it, what submission is, is so largely misunderstood. Like, yes, we can say any kind of compliance is a form of submission, but healthy submission is actually negotiated and consent-driven and respect-driven. And it's something that we want to do and it's something that we want to give and our dom gets to know us very well and to ask us of certain things and at some time after a a long period of time together and getting to know each other sure we will blindly submit we will trust that they have our best interests in hearts that they absolutely understand our boundaries and if they were to say okay don't do that thing we would have enough self-respect and enough respect of them to say okay i trust you but we've always got the freedom to say could you help me understand why why, why is that the case? And the snippet of an interview that I heard with he who shall not be named was just like, no, it's not submission. If you only do what you, when you want to, and if you don't want to do it and you snap back, then it's not submission. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is the most toxic shit I have ever heard. That is the most disempowering thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I think this is something we talked about on the interview I did on your podcast too. It's like who we choose to submit to is one of the most pivotal key components of healthy submission is that anyone that's in a position of power needs to have done a lot of work and introspection on themselves to have a look at any male privilege if we're submitting to a male partner 
any male privilege that they have, any kind of privileges that they have, any internalized misogyny, any misuse of power that they've experienced in the past to actually find a good quality dominant and a good quality leader is actually not that easy. There's a lot of people who want your submission who don't necessarily want to do the work that it takes to earn it. Mm. And that's the thing about healthy submission is that it's earned. They inspire us to submit. No one tells us to submit. No one demands that we do anything. They inspire us. And when they've built up that trust and respect and love and anticipation, then fuck, we cannot submit quickly enough. (laughs) We're like, take it, daddy. Let me give you everything I have. Please use me, daddy. But, you know, my time over the last year has spent way more time on the other side of the slash as a dominant, which is why many of you know that my word for 2023 is daddy. Daddy. (laughs) I'm daddy now, everyone. (laughs) And the reason, there's many reasons why I chose that word, but one of them is because the world is fucking gagging for healthy leadership. The world needs it. And I can see my gifts and I can see my experience as a submissive knowing what good dominance looks like from the receiving end but also just having done so much work on myself having experienced the misuse of power many times in my life which only strengthens my integrity not to misuse my power now but to actually use it as a healing modality to use it as a tool which gives people the space that they need to experience that submissive part of themselves like i was exactly the same as you but i was probably 35 honestly before I knew that I was submissive or that submissive was even a thing. Yeah. And then when you find out, you're just like, oh, did I just take my first breath of oxygen of my entire life? How have I lived without that thing? Like it is the most deeply nourishing thing. And the other critical fact about you and I, which is probably very evident to other people, is we're really empowered, really independent women. Mm. And so there is a huge confusion about what submission looks like and what submissive women look like and what it means for you and I as successful, powerful women to also be submissive. You know, Mm. I had all these messages in my head that women are strong and and, there's so much shit I've had to decondition from my upbringing, but like there was no understanding ever that I could be weak and by weak, you know, I've given myself permission now. Of course I'm weak. We're all weak. We all have the whole spectrum of human humanity inside of us. Of course we've all got weakness and it's okay to have our moments of being weak. But for me, it was just like, got to be strong, got to be capable, got to be independent. No space for receiving at all. (laughs) No space for anyone contributing anything into my life because Erin's got it. Erin the overachiever, Erin the overfunctioning. And I'm sure, yep. Katie raises her hand. (laughs) You hear me, sister. It's like, fuck, we had to really learn a lot about what does healthy submission look like? Why would we want to submit? How does it benefit our lives? What does this mean for the rest of our lives? Because that's the other thing is you might do this in the bedroom, but then your mind's scrambling of like, oh, but what about the rest of it? What about my business? What about being out on the street? Is this going to make me vulnerable? Is this going to make me prone to being attacked? Is it going to be, does it mean that I've got no boundaries anymore? I'm like, ugh. There is so much fucking shit to work through in the mind, but a really good dominant understands that and wants to be part of that journey and is very, very committed to helping you through some of that stuff in the mind as we start navigating these shame-laden areas of sexuality. 
It's so funny that you say, you know, the word receive. And as you know, on my birthday, my word for 2023 (laughs) is receiving because I have given myself in every single relationship to the point where I I almost went to hospital last year from burnout. Mm And I am an overachiever. I I wear many hats in my life as the writer and the DJ and I'm writing a series and I'm writing a novel. And I do get very dominant to the point where the the current relationship, um, and for those of you who don't know me, I am in a very beautiful, very safe um, relationship where the... um, where we have a balance between feminine and masculine. But there was a point last year where I was emasculating my partner because I was just get it done, get it done, where even the waitresses were coming over and giving me the check and saying how hot his sugar (laughs) mummy was because I was just exuding masculine dominant energy. And this year I was, my intention was received and it was my birthday last weekend before you took me out for my beautiful Dom Daddy day. I had my <laughs> other girlfriend take me for dinner the night before. I had my gay husband send me a masseuse in the morning and it was really hard for me to receive. And you and I had this beautiful conversation when you were driving me up to Ubud for my birthday about, um, I find it really easy to receive from my partner because I I know the woman that I am. I know my worth. Mm. And through dating older men, I have learned to set the standards in my life. These men have inspired me to set a higher standard for myself. And I've really practiced that in this relationship. It's been this really beautiful playground to to keep asking for my worth. And I just keep receiving from this man. And you asked me why I was so easy to receive. And I said, well, because... I know that he's benefiting from having such a embodied, empowered woman in his life. And you're like, Katie, doesn't everyone else receive from you? Like you're just mm-hmm. for being in your presence. And I was like, ah, oh. because I feel like every time someone does something for me, I have to do something. I'm constantly, if someone does something, mm-hmm. oh my God, I've got to give you a sound healing. Oh my God, I've got to pull a card for you. Like, why can't I just receive knowing that my presence is enough? So my um, intention this year is to crack my heart open enough that I can get into that feminine receiving mode, the, the yin, because I'm yes. so fucking yang. I can't wait to fucking see heart open Katie. Crack that heart open girl. You just have the tendency to be cerebral. Like you've got a strong mind, you're a Capricorn. There's all these reasons why it's easy for you to be in that analytical go, 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 get shit done. And yeah, being in the heart is definitely the more feminine being, receptive, <clears throat> excuse me, um, more uh more gentle space to be in and so a one step is to go to the other end of the spectrum and learn that learn the heart open state and then b it's the fucking difficult journey of navigating the two of those in this world because the world is not currently set up for us to be super feminine it is one of my other clients she's exactly like you super high achiever capable of achieving a lot in a work capacity she's in a relationship now where she's really being called into her feminine and she was like, what the fuck do I do about my work then? Because once you become aware of this, how switched off you have to become sometimes, how disconnected from your body you need to become in order to achieve in that way in a corporate world or whatever it might be. And you realize I can't do that to myself anymore. And now I have to be more in this being. But the world isn't gentle with us. <laughs> the world is not supportive of heart openness. Like we're the leaders in this sense. I think heart openness is one of the critical things that I look for in every relationship I'm in, whether that's attracting a client, 
having a friend um, definitely in partnership it's like is this person living from their heart and are they connected to their heart and if not I'm just I'm not interested it's so important to me you're a heart-centered person anyway but like I just know how much more is available to you <laughs> I actually just wrote a really long email to my partner um so I live between Barcelona and French Riviera which is just amazing with my beautiful partner and I've just gone on a, a journey back home to Australia back to my parents and if you think you're spiritual go spend a fucking month with your parents oh my god <laughs> had all my shit come to the surface and I said to my partner when I was going over I, I I'm not gonna be Katie I, I don't even think I'm gonna be in my bodies during this time because I'm going back and I'm, I'm healing my lineage <laughs> And he gave me that space and I'm going back to him in five days after seven weeks away. And he said, you go do what you got to do, baby. And you just Mm -hmm. come back to me happy. And Mm -hmm. this person really, for the first time in my life, values my happiness above all, knows Mm -hmm. what I'm capable of when I'm in joy and Mm -hmm. is always asking me, are you writing? Because he knows when I'm writing, I'm happy and I'm in my joy and I'm connected to the universe. He has no idea what I'm fucking talking about sometimes with manifestation. (laughs) He's like... He see, and he sees the evidence yeah. and the magic. And when I talk about my series that I'm creating an 888 number plate going past, like he, yeah. he sees it. And I just wrote him this really long email going, this is what I've discovered about myself going home, where my lack mentality came from, where all mm. of this um, fear of getting old, mm. um, putting this, this importance on beauty. Mm. And I started looking in the mirror again, like I used to and seeing a different person and going, oh my God, your value is deteriorating. So you're getting older and older mm-hmm. because that was the company that I was around. Mm. I forgot that I was writing a book. I forgot that I lived in Barcelona. I was so, so stuck in this vortex. Mm. And then I come over here and I'm with all of my friends who, you know, my, my girlfriend, Phoebe, she's writing a series. So it's like, it doesn't even get questioned. I, I get on the back of the bike with you on my birthday. First thing you ask me, what was your biggest lesson of 2022? <laughs> and having these heart cracked open. So I've learned so much about myself. Mm. And so I've written him this email going like, this is where I'm at. This is where I was toxic last year in our relationship. This is where I'm healing. This is what I'm healing. And here's what, here's my new standards. Here's where I need you to meet me. I need you to get, get more into your heart need you to get more into your childhood and understand why you react in this wounded child way and just sent it without even proofreading it just like knowing that I spoke from my heart in that Mm -hmm. email whereas before maybe I would have spoken from my masculine Katie that's like here's some action steps and you need to do this it was just it was (laughs) a really beautiful pivotal moment for me to be able to communicate to someone my needs yeah it's an amazing thing having a heart open in this world is actually a very visceral experience that people have with us like when the friends show up in my life whose heart is very open i just cry you know like it just naturally has the influence of like fuck my heart's opening (laughs) and heart opening is often a painful thing Mm. oh my god we wish it was all rainbows and butterflies and fairies but it's actually burritos and strippers but it's not (laughs) (laughs) mississippi enchiladas (laughs) (laughs) but it's painful yeah I guess (laughs) call the safe word (laughs) my heart is opening and it's hurting me (laughs) but it's like you know there's a lot of frozen pain in there there's a lot of unaddressed stuff and it's like 
it's tempting to shut it back down and go, nope, it's fine. I'll just keep living in the logical things. But actually, once we move through that and have our heart open again, it's just the most beautiful existence. It colors everything in life in the most beautiful way. But both you and I are attracted to older men. And I wish it didn't have to be older men. I'm attracted to the mature masculine energy. Mm. It's just that that's not often found in men my age. I'm not saying that it'll never be found in men my age. But I notice men that are 20 years older than me have a more grounded wisdom than men my age. So I tend to attract. Well, yeah, I attract it and I also look for that quality. But one of the partners that I've had in the last year, he actually lived with David Data for a year. He did a live-in program. So he was so fucking on top of the sacred sexuality. His heart was so fucking open in a permanent field of openness that I literally could not look at him or be in his presence without crying every single time every single freaking time i saw him or we start talking or we greet each other i'm just crying like his heart was so beautiful and he just said i want to unfold you like i want to leave you full it's all he wanted was then the more feminine i would become like as i started expressing my emotions the more masculine he would become like he just loved holding space for me to be dropping into my feminine to be healing this very deep wound in my heart that I'd been carrying. Like he would run me fucking baths, like flower baths and read me roomy poetry in the bath. Dream. <laughs> I need that kind of romance. Yeah, I need that romance with my hardcore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's incredible to, to gift ourselves with an open heart, but to also gift everyone else in our world an open heart. And like you said, in Bali, we've, we're lucky to be in a high concentration of heart-centered beings of people that have left their lives behind who are seeking freedom who are seeking autonomy who are seeking you know the things that mainstream society doesn't give us and so there are a lot of people living their purpose which is a heart-connected state and it's just so fucking awesome to be around high concentrations of people like that and i know that not everyone listening has that blessing and has that advantage of being in high concentrations of heart-centered people but we're here and you can have a community even an online community but the importance of being around people who see you and celebrate you and support you and don't like what you and i experience with our families just take you back into old versions of yourself sometimes they can't even see who we are now because they're just projecting their ideas their wounding sometimes when you do this work it's extra hard for them to see the truth of us because they feel like shit about themselves you know, just naturally being around someone who's evolving quickly and dedicated to this can make a lot of other people feel inadequate if that's already in their mind and in their space. So find some hard open friends, my friends. <laughs> find your community and love them. Love them hard and invest in those relationships where they bring out the best in you. And also, you know, I teach a lot about manifestation and I think it's so important to have subconscious evidence that what you want is real. I have a lot mm -hmm. of people who come to me because of the communities that I do create mm -hmm. and they can't find those heart-centered friends around them. So I mm -hmm. think it's really important that you are following heart-centered people yes. on Instagram and that you're filling your newsfeed with really empowering stuff. A life hack that I love, I've gone to all of my favorite pages and starred them. Mm. So I don't have Instagram on my phone. I only use it when I'm at home on my iPad. And when I log in, something empowering is at the top. And that's feeding my subconscious mind yes. constantly with empowering information. 
Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm ruthless when it comes to following online, which also means I don't give a shit when anyone unfollows me either <laughs> because like it's not personal. But yeah, if I'm coming across people's content and it's not supportive or encouraging or making me feel good and either puts me in comparison or it sounds toxic or it's like drama laden, I'm just like, oh, unfollow. Like I don't need that yeah. in my world and in my reality. And I definitely live in a bubble and I like it like that. You know, modern day life means that we are expected or pressured to know everything that's happening in the world at any given time. And that's actually overwhelming for the human mind and the psyche. Like traditionally, we would know about our tribe and that's it. We would maybe get word of a tribe either side of us, but in general, our sense of proximity is just our immediate group. So we don't know about difficulties that are happening in other places in the world. And at the moment, we get bombarded with negative information about things that are happening all everywhere all the time and that just what people are eating for breakfast yeah (laughs) as an extremely sensitive energetic being as i am i'm made to be in these very high vibrational places like it's and it's in my human design as well i know you work closely with human design also katie with your clients but it's in my human design to be very selective about the environment that i'm in and very high vibrational so you know i willingly and consciously shut down a lot of what's happening in the world and i do it with love and i know that i'm still contributing in a positive way on the planet and i don't feel guilt or shame about disconnecting from wider issues because i know that if it was for me i'd be called it lights my heart up to go and fulfill that purpose but it doesn't light my heart up to hear about so many of the other you know problems that are present on the earth at this time so You know, with love, I'm like, that's a boundary. That's a mental boundary of what I'm consuming, what kind of conversations I'm willing to uphold. If anyone wants to talk to me about he who shall not be named, I won't do it. (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm not interested in holding that conversation. That's not of benefit to me. It's not of benefit to you. It's not going to make this world a better place or my immediate world a better place. I just don't need to have that conversation. If I really felt that that was my mission to make a positive contribution in that field, then I'd be full of energy and not able to stop but if it's doing the opposite and it's depleting and draining your energy it's a sign that i've got a boundary issue here i've got a leaky boundary something's crossing my boundary something's draining me i need to fortify that boundary a bit you can unsubscribe from people from beliefs your parents beliefs other people's (laughs) beliefs about you you can unsubscribe from everything in life at any point you choose yes it's just me and my cat in the Bali sunshine over here. <laughs> I can't wait to get back to my life of just being with Cindy Clawfer in Barcelona. <laughs> cats are everything. Fucking yeah. cats are the most magnificent creatures. Actually, when I think about my cat, or and I used to feel this about my greyhound as well, like they've got that super strong Egyptian quality or that like regalness to their being which is like we know we are the queens we we know we are to be worshipped <laughs> my cat if he doesn't like he's so demanding if he doesn't like something just anything he will fucking let you know about it and it's not that he hates it it's just like mum this could be better <laughs> we got a thing or two to learn from felines don't we <laughs> exactly Oh, my darling Katie, if anyone's feeling called to work with you, do you want to share a little bit about your offerings, how they can find you? Yes, what you're doing thank in this you so much. Work? I share everything about my life on <laughs> Instagram. All the Could I in- can I interrupt for a second? Because yeah. that's a really valid point that uh, we're kind of looping back around to when we first both started talking about BDSM online. 
I want to let everyone know that that's our truth. That feels so truthful for us because we're both hard open people who use our story in service. And I want to empower people who are the other way as well. Some people mm. rather complete privacy. And now that can be coming from shame and fear and controlling what people think. And I think that's just as toxic. But there's ways where you're totally honoring yourself that you never have to share online, that you never have to have your face online ever. But for me and Katie, sharing is so truthful and heart expansive and lights us up and brings us so much joy. So, yeah. Do not feel pressured to just go and share about your squirting experiences on podcasts like we do. (laughs) Well, I actually have written on my fridge back in Barcelona, be the healer and the writer and the friend and the sister that you wish you had 10 years ago Mm. when I was living in Australia and traveling around, you know, doing five gigs a week on airplanes Mm. and I came home one morning quite drunk and I sold everything I owned and moved to Barcelona to start a new (laughs) life. And since then I've I've started new lives all around the world and I wish that I had someone you know my age speaking truth the way that I am Mm. so I always show up online as my most authentic self on my shit days on my good days when I'm like today just absolutely bursting at the seams trying not to cry because I'm just so happy with how my life looks and (laughs) everything that I've walked myself through so I designed a six-week um program healing journey called metamorphosis based on my eight-year healing journey into six weeks it is with my hypnotherapist ryan ryan i worked with five years ago when i had bulimia and i did four sessions with him and i am now four point four and a half years free of bulimia i never thought that i would ever be able to stop sticking my fingers down my throat I thought that I was stuck with it forever and he saved my life and he has continued to reprogram the limiting self-beliefs my bulimia was just a side effect of my low self-worth and trying to fill myself up Mm. and then we have my beautiful astrologist Ines Uh, she speaks to soul purpose your soul blueprint who you fucking came to this earth to be identifying your what you perceive as your weaknesses and turning them into strengths. I take you through human design, who you are designed to be. This is the key that unlocked. And I know this is true for you as well. And you questioned it in the beginning and then you got into Mm -hmm. it. And it's like this knowledge of self, like I am meant to have a visually stimulating life Mm -hmm. and I will now never be ashamed of that ever again. So I take you through human design, sound healing, frequency, EFT tapping. I am your best friend, big sister and mentor for six weeks. Three healers taking you through these beautiful, unique sessions. And then I have my women's mentorship called the Womentorship. And that is a six-week journey just with me doing six unique sessions going through all of what I just spoke about, but in a different way, in a more um, one-on-one, heart-led, bringing your purpose into into the world whether that is through the even through the corporate world or through your own business just taking you through this journey of identifying what what the fuck did you come here to do on this earth and how can you get out there and execute it you i love it i'll put everything in the show notes all the links and everything so you can find katie but i would love to make a request before we wrap up please please would you please draw a card for our listeners oh i I just got goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) What does everyone in this space need to hear today? Ooh. <laughs> Deep knowing. Oh, wow. 
that beautiful intelligence inside of you that when you go and get quiet, Mm. that you can hear that voice inside of you that is guiding you to the next steps, guiding you to your purpose, that deep knowing. Women are so fucking intuitive. We know if someone is cheating on us, if someone's doing the dirty, we know months beforehand we can sense it. We know what we're meant to do, but sometimes we muffle it down with food and Netflix and, and drugs and and partying like you and I, I've muffled my my intuition for so many years. So mm-hmm. I invite you to start playing with your intuition. Start playing, asking yourself questions. Do I want to walk left or right today? Do I want tacos or sushi for dinner? And start to connect with that inner intelligence that's sitting within your stomach. And it will guide you to the most fucking fantastic places, I can guarantee you guarantee it (laughs) oh thank you so much for being here my beautiful friend thank you for all your wisdom and your stories it's been awesome my absolute pleasure i love you so much i love you too thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode of romantic hardcore and as always i'd love to hear from you find me via instagram at erin kiner and come and share the love Let me know what you loved, what triggered you, what questions you have. I want to know it all. Make sure you subscribe and share this episode. And until next time, laugh loud and fuck louder.